0: Welcome to the inside as families returned from summer holidays and students went back to their classrooms this past week the movie industry opened its doors for National Cinema Day in the U.S., Mexico, the U.K., and elsewhere. More than 8 million movie fans in the U.S. alone visited their local theaters for $3 movies. The closing months of the year are where holiday blockbusters are unveiled and awards season contenders are seen. And as the build-up begins for Marvel's Black Panther sequel, Wakanda Forever, Disney and James Cameron have re-released the original Avatar in theaters in preparation for the December premiere of the long-awaited sequel, Avatar The Way of Water. I am Jim Chavin in Los Angeles, and with me is Wim Byens. He serves as CEO of Senionic, and he joins us live from Brussels, Belgium, where it's evening. Good evening, Wim. Hey, good morning, Jim. Good to hear you. Well, the news this week was that the, the success, and I, I know we've got a guest this morning who's going to maybe be able to tell us more about it, but uh, the success of National Cinema Day, 8 million people in the U.S. went to their movie theaters for $3 wow. tickets, and what the reports were, were that Elvis and Top Gun drew older audiences, Spider Man and Minions drew younger audiences, and that people tried premium formatted theaters and D box and things they had never maybe spent the money on. So it seemed the report, at least in the in, here in the U.S., is that the the result was
1: quite good. Yeah, it's great to hear, Jim. It's very encouraging and it, it's it's fantastic numbers to hear. I think the trend which we we also spoke about before with but now gets uh, definitely solidified is that a premium experience and the fact that when people go out they want to experience something different is definitely falling through right and and especially on on the the event you just mentioned is is also happening there so if it's moving chairs if it's a big screen if it's a immersive audio whatever the kind of things luxury seating in theater dining all those experiences is really what what people are looking for so it's great that people do that because I think that cinema has so much to offer and there's so much variety uh, which is brought forward to the audiences. Then I think Q4, I mean, there's so many good titles planning for Q4, right? And I think uh, yeah, Q3 is just uh, running up in the end of Q3 here. But but I think if you look at what's going to happen the next couple of months, are going to the, the treat we're going to have from a content point of view, it, it's going to flood people back back to theaters. There's no doubt about that.
0: Well, that's why I think we've got the absolutely perfect rockstar guest for today's
1: show. We do, we do, we do. As we all move into the fourth quarter and beginning setting our goals for 2023, we wanted to share the perspective of one of the most respected leaders in our industry. Miguel Millet serves as Chief Operating Officer of Cinepolis. In his role, he oversees one of the largest cinema operators in the world with more than 6,500 screens in 19 countries. Cinepolis is the largest cinema operator in Latin America and has been honored for providing premium consumer services and experiences. Welcome, Miguel Millie.
2: Thank you, Wim. Thank you, Jim. It's a pleasure to be here uh, with you guys in this pivotal moment uh, for the industry and this amazing 2022 year, the year of the recovery of the big screen. It's, it's amazing to have uh, these discussions with you guys.
1: We want to thank you also for taking time out of your busy schedule and being with us here today. It's like you said, right? It certainly has been a disruptive two years in our business. How would you describe the cinema business right now and how healthy is the exhibition business today? Well, I think, the, as you mentioned,
2: Wim, uh, we run a company that has cinemas in 19 countries already with 6,800 screens. And we have seen different ways in which the cinema industry is going back to its feet. But the, the general habits of consumers is that people are flocked back to the big screen in one way or another for one reason or or a different reason regionally but we are seeing bodies human beings going back to a communal experience sharing the best storytelling way of, of, of being entertained through the big screen and that's something universal that we see going back strong and going back to create a healthy industry for the future
1: is it fair to say that Q4 is going to be an important quarter in in restoring the health in the industry here? Well, I
2: think that Q4 is going to be a a little bit of a photograph of 2022 where we are going to see very strong and solid titles. So blockbusters are performing very strongly, but other contents are not performing as they used to be. But we, I would say that we see an evolution of our industry, as we see in the small screen, as we see in the streaming platforms. The big screen is going to evolve in a way where consumers are going to decide what's their preference. And us as exhibitors should be very aware of the signals that consumers are giving us to provide the best communal entertainment immersive experience that we can provide.
1: The question I, I definitely have to pose you, right? What is your expectation about Avatar uh, in 3D for December? We all know it became the biggest movie in 2009. How do you preparing for the sequel? What are you doing special on that? Well, we're
2: investing, we're deploying 1,300 laser projectors globally, and we are checking the screens the speakers in every auditorium out of the 6,500 auditoriums that we have globally, we were able to be invited by John Landau, uh, James Cameron, producer, to Manhattan Beach in California to watch 19 minutes of of Avatar 2. And I just can tell you that it's been the most immersive experience. I've been almost 30 years in this industry. I've never seen something like what I saw. And actually, it was not a packed cinema. We were maybe... 12 executives there at the most, including the Disney executives and John Landau. But what I saw is mind-blowing. And just when I left that auditorium uh, with Alejandro Ramirez, my boss, we said we need to communicate this in a very loud way internally so that we all are preparing ourselves for the most a cinematic event that we have seen at least for a decade. Wow. So, and, and I think I'm not exaggerating a word of what I'm saying to you guys. And maybe when you see it in December, you will recall
1: this this conversation. What do you expect will happen with 3D right after Avatar? What it's is the a, future of 3D?
2: I think it's an, a very important question, and I think that 3D could be great, great, amazing when it's well done. One movie that blown my mind uh, in 3D was from Alfonso Cuaron Gravity. It's space, right? You have Sandra Bullock, they're out in space and you don't have any horizon reference uh, of any kind. So things floating out in space look amazing in 3D. Well, now Avatar is going to occur in the water. Again, you don't have a reference of the horizon. So that creates a very rich 3D experience. But you can also have a very lousy 3D conversions, and maybe that's the reason why 3D got eroded so so rapidly because it was so unexpensive to make a 3D conversion for titles that were not thought, not designed for 3D, and the end result was not a good customer experience. And to pay a surcharge for something that doesn't deliver. You feel cheated as an uh, as an audience. But what I saw with Avatar is the caliber of of gravity but i think that with a stronger with a more rich uh story because it has so much more color so much more characters so
1: much going on that seeing that in 3d is just mind-blowing you have held your current position as coo since 2003 and you have seen sinapolis grow into you know more than 19 countries What has been your experiencing rising to the corporate level of the cinema business? And how have you developed in your journey to the C-suite? I started in the IT
2: department of the company. And then I moved from IT. I signed the first Mexican software for managing cinema, box office and concessions, in 1994. And for doing that, I had to learn all the, the intricacies of the operations in a movie theater. So I moved there from IT to operations, and then I started running a larger region of the company in operations-wide, but managing IT nationwide. And then I became the head of operations for Mexico. We were not yet in any other country, but we started doing analysis for for expanding to other countries. I have a major in economics. so My background is economics, but then I did a a master's in business uh, at Stanford Business School. And then I did a technology degree in order to use technology as an enabler of the expansion of Nepalese. While I was at Stanford in California in 2007, I wrote the business plan for having this Mexican family-owned company to go all the way to India and expand to India, which is the country that produces the most movie titles per year and has one of the... I, I used to have one of the worst infrastructures for cinema. So I thought, well, what we do is cinema and and this country loves movies and Bollywood is so vibrant that what they need is good movie houses. And what we do is good movie houses and good cinema. So that seemed like a perfect match. So that helped as a framework for the international expansion of Cinepolis in Brazil, then the U.S. Than Spain, and now we are also in Indonesia and in the Arabic world, in the Saudi Arabian Kingdom and other Emirates in in Arabia.
0: The theme that you keep bringing to the conversation here is technology. Your involvement in technology, your use of technology. You depend on WIMS Company for uh, expertise and technology. What do
2: you want from technology partners? Of course, technology academia, and I would say research to be in the forefront of different waves. I mean, business partners like Synionic, we love when they bring us something that is cutting edge, that no one has seen before, that we can woe audiences with the colors, with the contrasts, with the immersion, the immersive experience. Because after all, of course, I am an advocate for technology. But in the end, technology, what does as a tool, is to to boost human emotions. And what we want is to align human vision, human experiences, and senses. So to me, technology is just a mean to reach to an end. And the end is to humanize either the work within Cinepolis or the experience that our customers get out of a movie cinema. And you just upgraded to laser projection. What excites you about that? What was it that that captured your enthusiasm? Well, it's twofold. On the one hand, we, we've deployed 1,300 laser projectors in at least eight of the countries where we are running cinema. This is the first company that has deployed those many laser projectors. Why? Because we want to experience Avatar and all the titles that will close 2022 with a different cinematic experience, more immersive, with more contrast. On the other end, these are projectors that save energy. They don't have the waste that the previous generation of projectors used to have. So this is the future. We are uplifting the consumer experience in the big screen as we are saving energy globally. So we couldn't think in a better way to improve and in a better example, Jim, uh, th- that you mentioned, how technology enables and and being in the forefront of technology enables a better cinematic experience as well as a more eco-responsible manner of running our business. You were quoted in CEO Magazine
0: saying that the demands of the moviegoer and customer are changing quickly, that you have to stay ahead of the curve. Is premium where this is going? If you look out five to 10 years, what are you looking for a product that you think the consumer is going to want over the next decade?
2: Well, I think that we have to cater for those consumers that would like to go to a VIP auditorium, paying more for that experience. But we are also pioneers with junior auditoriums, where we have slides within the auditorium and we have bean bags where you can sit there and enjoy a family movie. And then when we go to 40X and you go on, fly with Tom Cruise in Maverick, and your chair moves the way in which it's aligned with the storytelling, you live a different experience, and that's more for younger audiences, for millennials and centennials. So uh, I believe that we should open the options that our consumers are willing to experience, and we have to segment what different consumers want, and we have to speak to them in a language and in a way in which there's a relationship with any kind of consumer in a more personalized manner through technology and because we have an offer for, for every different segment and we are creating this relationship with the different segments or people that love K-pop and BTS uh, has a new concert. Well, we want them back. In our cinema, we want them jumping and dancing and eating popcorn and enjoying themselves. That would be my my, my take on that, Jim. Our insider today is Miguel Mir of Sinopolis. We'll be right back. The Insiders is proudly presented by Cineonic. Cineonic's future-ready enhanced services and technology solutions provide compelling cinema experiences, peace of mind, and financial flexibility. Today, with more than 95,000 projectors installed globally, cinemas around the world trust laser projection by Cineonic to power the next generation of movie going. Visit cineonic.com today and discover why theaters look to Cineonic to provide the solutions of tomorrow, today.
0: Our insider today is Miguel Meir of
1: Synopolis. So Miguel, I want to ask you a question about managing people, right? Uh, If I'm correct, you're overseeing more than 27,000 employees around the world. Is there a common quality you want every employee to share across your company? And how do you instill your corporate values with your teams?
2: Well, I think it's a great question. And culture would be the glue that pulls us together. It's hard to think that a Mexican family-owned company goes out to places as far and as distant culturally as, as, as India or in an upscale shopping mall in the US or in Spain and the thing that puts us together is is culture i would say and the values that will put the consumer in the center of our decision. Uh, It's a consumer-centric company, and we like to communicate a lot. We like to use technology as an enabler for communication and for sharing values and culture. Even this tool that we're using right now, podcasts, are great internally. But what we always promote is a consumer-centric approach in every decision that we make because we all have to value our customer as the center of the value creation in this industry and in this company.
1: With companies, you know, recently returning to the office, uh, hybrid schedules, how are you working in Sinapolis to maintain the connection and the engagement with your employees? Well, we, we were able to
2: be together and to keep the team together in times where we were all locked down. Now that we can go out in corporate offices in Cinepolis, we try to emulate what we do in cinemas. People in cinemas are working out there and are having a direct conversation and direct connection with our consumers. And us from the corporate office, we said, if we are to open our cinemas and work in cinema in the corporate office, we have to do the same thing. We don't have days that we can take off and do home office Uh, we came back to work in the full schedule full throttle for the recovery of the hurt industry that we are living in we thought that the recovery had to be in parallel what we are preaching in the cinemas, we have to live it in corporate offices as well. And that was our approach. And we feel happy that we did that approach because that helped us to to rejoin, to, to have meetings in person faster and to be more effective, we believe.
0: Are there innovations that have been the result of the last two years that we come out of it and you say actually we learned a lot through this terrible time?
2: Well, we've learned a lot about how to be engaged with our consumers through the digital world. And we are betting strong, even though we are a brick mortar facility and industry overall, the exhibition industry, we believe that a combination between the analog and physical world with the digital world is what will draw audiences uh, in a larger scale. I mean, in terms of uh, exhibition the the lighting and sound in in our cinemas is very important. And that's why we look to the best technology companies in the world, like Cineonic, the Belgian company for projectors. Uh, We believe that the experience, not only the engagement through digital platforms and social media, but also the way in which audiences live the experience of a movie in the big screen through the best technology that we can find is the way to go. And I believe that James Cameron will prove that great content, great storytelling combined with amazing technology, mesmerizing technology will draw audiences back to the big screen. Not only that, it will be the conversation of the Christmas and the year-end season, stories like Avatar, and we will all be united in sharing our thoughts of a very well-told story.
0: Our last question comes from a listener of uh, this podcast out in Phoenix, Arizona. Thank you, Matt. He writes, recent media stories have indicated the growth of streaming services has slowed and the traditional TV and cable platforms continue to decline. Research also indicates that cinema ticket buyers are also engaging with streaming services. What types of experiences should theater operators be considering to encourage people to visit theaters versus streaming a new release at home? Who or what does cinema compete with now? That's a
2: great question. From 2019 to now, there's been more production budgets than ever in the history of humankind. With all that amazing budgets towards entertaining audiences, I think that there is going to be a distinction and there's gonna be market for everybody. There are gonna be amazing sitcoms, TV shows, really engaging around the world, but still the cinematic experience is one form, is one art form that sets itself apart from other forms of video entertainment. So what should be there in this, let's say premiere format? I think that storytellers are the ones who will decide what kind of story they want to make and in what format they want to have that story being told. You see all these filmmakers, always willing to push the boundaries of the cinematic experience further and higher, but always in the feature film format. And I think there's going to be amazing room. Last week was the Emmy Awards, and television is being also sharp, engaging, entertaining, amazing evolution of television as well. But the cinematic experience is one that stands by itself and one that attracts minds that in my vision are the best storytellers around the globe are attracted by the feature film format and that's why the large format for the large screen is the one that provides the most uh, engaging entertainment experience well, listening to this conversation, the first thought that I have is, Miguel, you
0: you started the conversation by saying, quoting Kevin Costner, if you build it, they will come. You and Wim are building it and the personal customer service, which I notice and respond to. Uh, and then the filmmakers, uh, James Cameron, uh, you know Tom Cruise, Steven Spielberg, they are partnering with you to put their products into your theaters. And so if you look at the industry saying, I don't know how all the cinema operators in the world are going to do, but I know that the really good ones are going to probably do really, really well. And it's pretty obvious to me that Sinopolis is at the absolute top of the industry's game and showing us all how to have a successful future. So thank you for being that leader and thank you for being that example. And I love going to my, uh, my VIP experience in Westlake village and, hitting the button and I'll think of you the next time I order some additional popcorn
2: from my seat during the movie. (laughs) Thank you so much. Uh, This has been a a very interesting conversation. We hope that you visit us uh, a lot and you have a great experience at Cinepolis in Westlake and we hope you have the voice of a prophet when you say that the industry is going to shine and it's going to go back to become a very uh, robust, healthy, vibrant industry. We look forward to that. feels that way.
0: After this conversation, it feels that way. I've been called a lot of things in my career. I've never been called a prophet. So thank you, Miguel. (laughs) I'll take that. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Miguel. (laughs) Wim and I will be right back. Wim, what a what a fantastic guest uh, Miguel is!
1: How impressive, how impressive! Absolutely, no, it was uh, it, it was great for uh, Miguel taking the time of being with us and being on the podcast. But I think it's it's a good example, Jim. When when I'm convinced that the industry can bounce back, I think it is people like him. It is companies like like Sinapolis, and there, there's many others. Right, don't get me wrong. But with that passion with that kind of dedication, but professionalism, right? And then, you know, because the customer journey is fundamentally changing dramatically. But if you take care of that and you really want to innovate that, you you have the chance of, of creating a fantastic business. So I think, is the business changing? 100%. It's not going to be like it used to be before. But if you are willing to, to innovate and to stay close to your customers, I think you can make this a very strong business moving forward. And I think that Miguel was, was definitely showing that passion to do that. Well, he had great things to say about
0: Sineonic and he has very high expectations for his technology partners. He assumes that you're going to help him uh, do it. And that must in itself be a, a passion of yours to say, my partner at Synopolis expects and wants to wow his audiences. How can our team at Synionic deliver and make him proud that we're we're his technology partner?
1: Yeah, I mean, a couple of things, right? It's it's always great to to have been able to have a podcast and and one of your customers is there and then, but, but what he says is what he means, right? And I think that's important, too. He doesn't say it to please me, uh, to the opposite. It says it because he believes that. But I think what what we all as an industry need to cater to is, is creating value. We need to stop delivering products, I would say. We have to create value. And I always say to my team, how can we get more people coming to the theater? And how can we say people, when they leave the the experience, they say, whoa, I want to come back. That's what we're into. And yes, we deliver project we deliver A or B or C part within that, but that's what it needs to be. And I think that when we have companies which also understand that and really together with us can co-create an experience which works for their market because every market and geography is slightly different, then you really can create the best in class. And I think that will be needed to make this industry strong. And so I think it's inspiring to hear him I think it's definitely, uh, it's good, and it, but it's, when I hear him, I said, I need to do more. I need to do better. I need to do <laughs> better, right? Right, right. Yeah, so, so I think that, that's good too, because you need to push the boundaries. Uh, tomorrow has to be better than yesterday. That's right. how it's, uh, how the world right.
0: works. How do we outdo ourselves? Yes. It, right? Yeah, absolutely. How do we yeah, do yeah. better than we've ever done? And that makes getting up every day and meeting those challenges pretty absolutely. exciting, right? Yeah. Thank you, Wim. Our quote of the day comes from the Rolling Stone review of Steven Spielberg's new film, The Fablemans, which was premiered this week at the Toronto Film Festival to rave reviews. It opens November 23rd. Here's what Rolling Stone said. The Fablemans uses a movie to pay tribute to the power of the movies and how all that film passing through the projector's lens creates some sort of process that you and I might call magic. It's one man's thank you to the movies for saving him. And it's one of the most impressive, enlightening, vital things Steven Spielberg has ever done. Thank you, Wim. Thank you, Miguel. And thank you all for listening. The Insiders is presented by Cineonic and produced by the Advanced Imaging Society in Hollywood. Our executive producers are Adam Castles in New York and Mike Pilsecker in Los Angeles. Brett Harrison produced today's show, and our technical director is Matthew Bach Lombardo.
1: This is AIS.